Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go and Chua Tian Time now for Market View. Uh, we will be talking a little bit about some real estate companies as well as layoffs. But Tian Tian, let's start at the beginning of the markets today. Yep, so Singapore shares started the day on a healthy footing earlier as banking stocks swung back into the green after yesterday's losses. So the Straits Times Index gained 1.3% to 3,169 points in early trade after some 54 million securities changed hands. Now let's take a look at the closing numbers. Uh, the benchmark STI closed up 1.38% at 3,172 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.18 billion Sing dollars. And gainers outnumbered losers 348 versus 200 top advances. GMH USD, DBS and Jardin Cycle and Carriage. And top decliners, Spindex Industries, Shangri-La Hong Kong Dollars and Powermatic Data. Notable names seeing new developments include real estate company Hobi Land selling two of its industrial properties to an unrelated third party for $115 million. Now elsewhere, the global tech sector continues to make the headlines for a number of reasons. Uh, we know Meta is cutting 10,000 jobs in a second round of layoffs. TikTok is discussing the possibility of separating from its Chinese parent ByteDance and OpenAI has unveiled GPT-4 that can perform well on a range of standardised mm. tests. So lots to watch and joining us as we break down all that developments is Toby Gresham, Investment Counselor Team Lead at City Private Bank. Well, Toby, welcome to the show. TNTN, thank you so much. It's great to be here. And great to have you on as well. So, Toby, let's start with the usuals. How did the STI fare today? Well, pleasingly, there was green across the screens. And so it was a strong day for Asia across the board. And what was driving things? Well, really, the main story, it was a follow-through from the U.S. session. The, the S&P was up 1.65% and the, the Nasdaq over, over 2% up. Toby, um, you said green across the screen, a strong day in terms of the biggest movers. Uh, any standout for you? Yeah, so interesting. It wasn't really surprises, but more consistency. And and the the big three movers for me really was across the Singapore banks, up one and a half to to two percent, leading the way. Why the focus on the banks? Well, I mean, it can't be lost on you in in terms of what's been going on with mm-hmm. Silicon Valley Bank over in the U.S. And and as that story's developed, uh, yesterday we saw um, risk very much on in the U.S. And as the market began to digest and get comfortable that the uh, the failure of that bank uh, was very much um, uh, ring fence then as a result, um, risk was back on and, and the regional banks led the way. And uh, what followed was also the broad banks. And, and it wasn't just the US. We, we've seen that across all the major banks as it's bounced back. Right. And aside from banks speaking of sectors to watch, property firms Hobie Land and Wingtai Holdings made the news today. Hobie for selling two of its industrial properties and Wingtai for issuing a profit warning. Do you think such developments are a one-off business decision? Is it a time or rather a transition phase for property firms as they sort of position themselves for a post-pandemic world? Um, I mean, looking at Hobie uh, and their industrial property sale, I mean, that really was just, uh, I would just say, one-off. That was recycling mm. capital for sort of general working capital purposes. Wingtai is interesting because, um, you know, there's no doubting that uh, the trading environment in 2022 uh, has been very tough relative to, to 21. And, you know, I think it's not surprising that, that, that there is a profit warming there and, and when they came out with that news and given the tougher environment. But, but thinking more broadly around the property sector and, and what we like there and what we're focused on for our clients, 
look, higher rates are going to have an impact. And, you know, it's hitting the consumer. Mm. Um, and I think ultimately you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it looking at property prices, but it is going to be a meaningful headwind on this sector. But the levers that we like for our performance on property, I would look for the China reopening. That's definitely a tailwind. Um, we're going to see more foot traffic and, and likely residential demand on that. Um, limited residential supply. You know, we all know that we can't get condos built fast enough because of COVID. Mm. And so the constrained supply is supportive on this sector. And lastly, the hospitality uptick. Um, you know, occupancy is incredibly high. So for, from our perspective, even, even though, you know, on the broader market, we're a little bit more cautious, property for us, you know, there's going to be greater investor interest and potential for valuation upside in this sector. Mm. Uh, Toby, we were talking earlier and we saw how uh, bank stocks in Singapore and Asia swung back into the green after earlier declines. This whole issue of uh, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, that's going to be around for a couple more days. Uh, crystal ball time. Uh, what is the near-term outlook for financial stocks in Singapore and Asia? Are you recommending the financial sector? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if we think about the, the, the big three banks, they, they're incredibly stable and diversity, diversified in their deposits, um, and that underpins a lot of what they do domestically. So, I mean, you just need to see the, the movement in those, those positions uh, in the sort of low single digits uh, relative to what was going on in the U.S., where, you know, the XLF Financial Services ETF, that's peaked a trough of sort of 12% in the last week. So, I mean, I, I think the market recognizes it, it's a much more safer investment. Um, and so I think from that perspective, we, we do like the financials selectively, but, uh, you know, I, I think our preference here would actually be to, to go uh, elsewhere in the balance sheet. What do I mean by that? Our preference really is around quality investment grade paper and potentially locking in rates here at these significantly elevated levels to, to where we've seen in history. Um, our outlook for the longer term is that we are going to slip into, certainly in the U.S., into a, um, a mild recession, shallow recession. Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, we prefer investment grade bonds to you know, be that equity. If you are going to go equity, then yeah, I would agree the Asian banks and look for quality, well-capitalized banking institutions. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Toby Gresham, Investment Counselor Team Lead at City Private Bank. Well, Toby, let's take a look at some of the headlines in the US. We're getting news of OpenAI coming up with GPT-4, while Meta is cutting another 10,000 jobs in a second round of layoffs. What's next for the tech sector? Is it the great refresh or the great reset right now? Uh, That's a a lot of our clients' front of mind. So uh, Mm. one of the trends that we do like or unstoppable trends is around um, uh, technology such as ChatGPT. And uh, obviously the successor to that, GPT-4, we're seeing some similar excitement. Uh, I think really as secular themes come through, we do think they're more resilient than broad tech. And, you know, we think the secular nature of them does warrant uh, investing throughout the cycle. Um, there's nothing more, you know, uh, uh, that you can say around chat GPT mm. than it's a disruptor. And we can see, you know, a likelihood that it is going to take market share from some of the dominant players here. Um, the only thing I would caveat about, you know, the likes of chat GPT at this stage, you do, you know, I think the merits of it have been very much where it's been applied selectively such as coding. More broadly, where it's been applied, you know, many users have found that, that, that it, can, um, it can come up with uh, some rather suspect answers at times, 
Interestingly, mm. GPT-4, which is a successor, is, you know, it's clearly taking that forward. And, um, you know, it's only a matter of time before I think this becomes a broader application. Yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, Meta is cutting jobs. So it's kind of like a reset, if I understand it correctly. Would it be so like those that have overinvested in the metaverse and not done it in the correct way are now cutting back and looking back at efficiencies yeah, at this yeah. time? Mm. Yeah, no, look, so Meta, um, you know, this is a company that's workforce has doubled in the last five years. Mm. And so, you know, I think as you've seen the announcement at the end of last year, they're looking to shift to, to the metaverse as a focus. You know, this is a technology that will take a, a longer period of time to look to monetize. And so there was pressure from shareholders to look to uh, to look to to, um, to look to cut some costs there, mm. and so Zuckerberg has come out and announced that you know this will be a year of efficiency. So the 11% cuts we saw in November have now been followed with an additional 10,000 uh, people being cut um, in the in, in this current week. So from that perspective, look, I think that is quite isolated, mm. um, and so I wouldn't read too much broadly into it. I think what we can really share with you that on global tech, we do like uh, these sort of higher quality businesses Mm. which have this secular growth story that have strong balance sheets and and crucially strong free cash flows. Where we would would tell clients to sort of be a bit more cautious of strong concept stocks with, with little or no profit. So that would be where we're steering clients at the moment. Right, and staying on the in the tech sector, TikTok considering splitting from its Chinese parent ByteDance to address U.S. national security risk, and the the U.S. this month will also release a chip sending guardrails for countries of concern, and that includes China as well. How would that further weigh on the tech sector? So, look, uh, to be frank with you, um, mm. geopolitics is always a tricky area to look to to make recommendations yeah. to clients on. And so, you know, our preference, let alone to sort of base um, investment decisions yeah. around. And so uh, our preference, really, when we sort of think around some of the, you know, the China tech sector and the winners and losers, I mean, it, it's worth sort of highlighting our broader overweight and our, our focus as a counter-cyclical trade on China equity as a whole. Mm. Um, now, that can be sort of looking to buy the, the broad sector, buying the broad market, or mm. again, looking to focus on businesses that, that don't have, um, that, that, that have sustainable business models and aren't necessarily going to be impacted by sort of any, any uh, regulatory uh, interventions. So, right. I mean, the case on China and the reason we like it here is, you know, the one concern that we have around the U.S. is really going to be around rates and, and, and how high they can potentially go with Powell's fear of inflation. It's completely the opposite in China. We're seeing quantitative easing. We're seeing um, at the same time rates being cut. Yeah. And so that potential for stimulus and that reopening trade on China and also a, a historical valuation relative to the U.S. that is cheap, we can see China, China equity outperforming in the second half of the year. And for a lot of our clients, we're happy to do that through the sort of broad MSCI or broad ETS and just ensure that there's some diversification in place yeah. um, against, uh, against sort of any um, moves by the regulator in China. Yep, yep. And uh, one quick one before we let you go, Toby, you mentioned about PAR just now and uh, USGPI up 6% on year in February, which is down from the 6.4% yearly increase we saw in January. To what extent does this provide a case for the Fed to go for a quarter point hike, uh, given all that had happened, including what happened to SVB as well? 
Yeah, no, I mean, Powell's got a very tricky position here. Yeah. Um, we've, seen, we've seen the market in the last week whipsaw between 50 basis point hike and no hike. And, and consensus at the moment is, mm-hmm. is pointing to a sort of 25 basis point hike. Um, the issue, you know, you touched on it there, TMTM, is mm-hmm. that uh, the SVB um, you know, failure has uh, really put in the in the market's front of mind that the potential damage to the economy of these higher Mm -hmm. rates. Um, However, we just saw CPI last night that the headline number was up, but the devil very much is in the detail. Shelter was flat, which is a very sticky component, but even more concerning is non-shelter services was actually up month on month. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think the sticky inflation concern here will see Powell look to err on the side of 25 basis points, and that's what what, uh, Citi is is recommending to clients. But the one thing I would caveat, though, is this is very much a stronger for longer trade. It's not necessarily where Powell gets to, it's Mm -hmm. how long he keeps it there. And for another insight, really, on on, uh, the likelihood of a hike to, um, on Thursday. Tonight, we've got the PPI coming out. Um, that is a, uh, the producer price yeah. index. That, that data is very much a lead indicator for CPI. Okay. The market's expecting 5.4%. If it's any higher, it's going to strengthen, uh, strengthen Powell's hand for a 25 basis point hike on Thursday. Thank you very much, Toby. That was Toby Gresham, Investment Counselor Team Lead at City Private Bank. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.